you've got your Bibles, go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2 is where we're going we're gonna to continue our study in James. So um, we'll just dive right into the text this morning. And we're going to start in verse... We're just going to start there in verse 14. Verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have any works? Can that faith save him? Father, thank you for this time that we get to gather together in your house and we get to study your word and sing songs of praise to your name. God, you are great and you are glorious and you are magnificent. Thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. And God, I pray that you would be glorified through what I say in this moment and that you would get all the glory and all the praise and all the adoration. I pray this in your beautiful and precious name. Amen. If we call ourselves Christians, if you and I call ourselves believers, we should look different. Amen? Amen. We, we should sound different. Amen? We should be different. That should, that should be the, the, the theme of who we are as believers. We should be different. We shouldn't just tell people about our faith. Our, our, our faith should be visible. Our faith should have some legs to it. How? How should our, legs, how sh- how should our faith have legs on it? I think personally, one of the things is we should active, actively wage war on our sin in our own lives and let folks see that. People need to see that we're actively waging war on our sins. What we don't see is oftentimes is we see men and women that are snuggling up to sin, making peace with sin, and just not sort of glossing it over and not doing anything about it. They, they snuggle up to what the Bible calls sin, and they say there's no problem with this. And we're just, it just, I, I heard one guy say, well, it's just your, this is your pet sin, and you just need to make peace with it. This was a pastor, and I use that term very loosely. Um, but if we are to be different, if we are to look different, we don't excuse sinfulness. We are to run from it, and we are to shun it. We are not to be complacent about what God has called holy. We should not be complacent about those things. We should actually be engaged in the process of repentance daily in our lives. So often, many in churches are affiliated with their faith. Many people that are sitting in pews, just like these pews this morning, are affiliated with faith. But sadly, not many are actually activated for their faith. They're not activated in that faith. They say that they have faith, but that faith lacks any follow-up. There's no Evidence that they follow Christ is just simply words. It's just simply things that they say. They say it with their mouths. They say, oh yes, I believe in God. I, I believe. And, and simply it's just words. And we ignore the sin and turn a blind eye to unrighteousness. We worship things that God calls sinful. And, and many come and they sit in services just like this service. And continue just to be satisfied with being affiliated with Christ. Many men and women are sitting in churches just like this one this morning and they're affiliated and they're satisfied with being affiliated with Christ. Oh, that we would be a church that is known for being activated for the cause and the things of Jesus Christ. 
That we would be a body that abandons the things of this world and clings to the Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? We, we live in a world where everyone touts and talks about their faith. We have celebrities, sports icons. I mean, I just, just this week, we saw, I saw video after video of sports icons who stand and say, Oh, I believe in God. I believe in God. And they stand on stages like this and they say, they talk about God. And we as Christians, we give them a pass and we go, Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And we give them this, this pass because we so badly, for some reason, want celebrities to be in our camp. When we ignore men and women that are across the street, but we're excited when a celebrity gets in our camp. And we're like, oh, they say, oh, I believe in God. And we go, oh, yes, yes. Yet they live in blatant sin and they chase the world. And these are the men and women that are the models for our young men and women. These are the people that model. They, they model their faith, but yet they live with their, they, they, they do all, the, they live in this, this sinful world. They, they say they belong to Christ, but yet they snuggle up and live in sin. Blatant sin. Unrepented of sin. And I'm telling you, this is not the model. I contend that this is blatant hypocrisy and it is sinful. It needs to be shunned. It needs to be shunned. What does James tell us? He says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone who says they have faith, but they don't have any works, can that faith actually save him? That's James 2.14. And like I said last week, I'm, I'm, just in case y'all are getting nervous, works do not save you. Your works do not save save you. That what saves you is the grace of Christ alone. That is it. Period. But once you are saved, once you are set apart by the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, people should know that you belong to Christ. You should look different. Amen? It, it should not be. The FBI or the CIA should not have to have a, you know, is he really? Is she really? I don't know. Let's do, a, let's do a search. Let's do a scan. The FBI shouldn't have to try to figure out if you're a believer or not. They just shouldn't. You should look different. You should sound different. You should long for holy things. And a lot of folks have encounters and they profess that they know and believe in God, but their lives show no real Change. There's no real remorse over their sin. In fact, oftentimes, men and women who claim to know Christ boast in their sins. They boast in their sins. When it is very clear from the text that this, these things that they're boasting in are incredibly wicked and sinful. Sinful and wicked. In fact, when they boast about these things, they, they, I love how people... They, what God calls sinful, many times people get on social media and say, I'm just, I'm blessed. No, you're not blessed. You're, okay, wait, you are blessed that God didn't kill you. We just read in the, in the New Testament or Old Testament this morning. Um, <laughs> you disobey God, there's a potential God could kill you. But we boast in our sinfulness and we, we, we love and and snuggle up to and get excited about and we laugh at we laugh at the things God calls sinful and wicked 
I saw this happen on Instagram this last week. Two celebrity pastors that I don't listen to, I don't follow, but I just happened to see the video. These two celebrity pastors stood in their small group in their home with small children present during the halftime show. And as it's going on, the pastor rages in a pastorly way, but not in a serious way. He's making fun of and he's saying, oh, we need to repent. Oh, we need to repent. We're watching this. Like, I fear for that man. That we stand, that we've got pastors who stand and say things like that, and yet they 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 claim to know and follow Christ, but yet they make a mockery of repentance. Can that say, can that salvation really save him? I'm I'm contending that it won't. If you if you your faith will have legs to it. Your faith there will be proof that you love and follow Christ. Look at verse twenty. James, James 2, verse 20. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was Abraham our father justified? Was not, our, was not Abraham our father justified by his works when he offered Isaac up, his son, on the altar? You see, that faith was active along with his works. And that faith was accomplished. Now see, Abraham was not saved because he offered up Isaac onto the altar. That was a work. He was not saved because of that. He was saved by the power and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. He was saved because what Jesus did on the inside of him. He laid everything. He, he laid his faith at the feet of Christ. He laid his everything at God's feet and followed him, obeyed him, and loved him, even if it cost him everything. Even if it cost him everything, he was willing to follow Christ. He was saved by grace through faith alone, but that faith had feet on it. He proved that he was a follower of Christ by his actions. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that. You say to yourself, well, Caleb, I have faith. I have faith and I believe. I believe in Christ. And if you, if you say that and you believe that, there will be a genuine manifestation of that in your life. There will be evidence that you follow Christ. There will be evidence that backs up your faith. So many people stand and say they believe in God. That's wonderful. Because look at James 2.19. Go back to 19. Look at 19. What does it say? Who, who is this? Oh, you believe in God. You believe that God is one. You believe in God. That's great. That's great. Even the demons in hell believe and they shudder. Even the demons in hell believe and shudder. So yes, belief in and of itself is not enough. There's got to be something that backs us. Your belief doesn't mean squat if, if your life is not changed. Your belief, oh, that's great. These demons in hell believe. When, they encounter, when demons encountered God any time in the Bible, they knew who he was. They shuddered. They were like, oh, wait, wait, you're not supposed to be here yet. Anytime a demon interacted with Jesus, the demons ran in terror, begged for mercy, and said, wait, it's not time. It's not time. But they're not going to heaven. There's a lot of people who are in the same camp as James 2.19. They believe they've got God here in their heads, but they don't have God in their hearts. 
They've not truly been transformed. Jesus says, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of me, you are going to look different. He actually calls in Matthew chapter 5. Let's just go there just so you can see. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Go get your Bibles and turn over there to Matthew chapter 5. And I need you to see this because it's, it's vitally important. Jesus calls believers salt and light. We're to look different. We're to be different. Matthew chapter 5 tells us what we are. We're going to start in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Now, I'm just going to go stop right there because I need you to see this. Because we have Armenian brothers, and, so, and I will say, I'll say they're our brothers. They just don't understand. They just don't, I've got Wesleyan friends that I believe love and follow Christ, but they just they don't understand. If you could, if, if you could lose your salvation, this is proof that you could never get it back. If you could lose your salvation. Because look, you're the salt of the earth. If salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? He answers that question. You can't. It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. Like, this is what we're called to be. We're called to be salt. And then verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor... Do people light a lamp and put it under a basket? But on a stand as it gives light to the entire house. In the same way, let your light, or you, if you want, there's enough room in here. Let your faith, let your faith, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Guys, this is a beautiful symbol. These are symbols that you and I are called to be like. We are called to be salt and we're called to be light. Our faith should have some legs to it. What, are the, what does salt and light do? Let's just talk about that for a minute. Salt preserves good. So if I'm cooking some meat, if I lay out some meat and before I cook it, I'm, gonna be, I'm just going to sit out for a little bit. What do we, often you do? What do you throw on your meat? You throw salt on your meat. Why do we throw salt on the meat? It preserves it. I, I really got it at, at a visible... Uh, visible a uh, picture of this when I was in Nicaragua. They laid open the cow in front of us on the streets of Man- in Manawa. And as they did that, they pulled out a bucket full of salt because it was, they were selling it at market. So it's going to be out in the heat of Nicaragua all day. And they threw out the salt on that meat in order to preserve the good. That is what Christians are to do. Christians are called to preserve righteousness by the power of God in this world. I'm going to be honest. We're, we're doing a crummy job. We're doing a crummy job. We'll, we snuggle up with the same stuff. But God's words, God's mandate still there. He says, you're the light of the world. You're salt on this earth. This is what you do. You preserve good. You're light. What does light do? Light dispels darkness. Darkness cannot be anywhere in the presence of light. When you're in a dark room and you turn on a flashlight, that li- anywhere that light goes, the darkness runs. The darkness cannot stay anywhere close. It runs from that. It stays clear of it because it cannot be in the presence of light. Just like sin cannot be in the presence of God. You and I are called to be the hands and feet of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us that we are ambassadors. 
We are ambassadors in this world. We are the hands and we are the feet and we are the mouth of Christ in this place and in this time. And this is what an ambassador does. An ambassador represents someone. You represent a kingdom. You represent a king. And the question I have for you this morning is, are you doing a good job at representing the king? Are you representing the king well? Do we really believe? Do we really believe what we say we believe? Do we believe? Are we just affiliated with this thing? And we come in here and we sit and we listen and we sing and we stand and we kneel and then we walk out unchanged because I've, I'm, I'm terrified that that I believe is so many of us in this, in this place. So many people in the church that were unmoved by the things of Christ. We're unmoved. And we, hide, uh, we, we let the kids come up here and say, remember that? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. Really? Because some of us are letting our lights be dimmed under the basket. Imagine if you bought a brand new nice lamp. You bought this nice lamp and you put it in your house. And you had this beautiful lamp that showed the light and it just it filled the room with light. And, you're, and you bought, brought in a trash can and you dumped that trash can over the top of it and said, man, look at my lamp. Isn't that awesome? What do y'all, y'all think? Y'all like my lamp? You'd be like, uh, you're crazy. You're crazy, right? There, there's, there's something... There's something incredible, there's something powerful when this, you see this in here, that, that God's, God's word is not to be hidden. God's light is not to be hidden. It's to be a, a, there's the, it's to be a manifestation. And there's no mistake in the text. If you are a Christian and you're not following that mandate, there's a, there's a really serious consequence here. Look at this. It's, like I told you, it says, if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. Luke actually, Luke ramps this up in Luke chapter 14. He says, salt is good. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall it be, the saltiness be restored? It cannot. It is no longer of any use for the soil or for the manure pile. It is to be thrown away he who has ears let him hear and the question i have for us this morning is this are you activated or are you affiliated with the with the name of christ are you just affiliated with jesus or are you actually activated for the cause and the mission of christ if you're just affiliated i'm going to promise and here's the thing you know if you're you know down deep you know you know if you play, play with sin and you've made peace with sin. You know it. And you're fooling yourself if you think you're not going to be in trouble by the end of this thing. I'm fooling myself if I think I'm not going to be in trouble at the end of this thing. If I'm, if I'm snuggled up and I'm playing with sin and I'm just affiliated with Jesus. If you're just affiliated, then there needs to be repentance. There needs to be genuine repentance and then you need to follow Christ wholeheartedly and here's the thing i'm gonna because people say caleb i every time i go preach somewhere i hear man that was a challenge or you hear somebody a big famous preacher stand and they go man that that message was challenging that message was really challenging 
I'm going to tell you, this message is not meant to just challenge you. If you're just simply challenged by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's as far as it goes, hell is still your home. If you're just challenged by the gospel, and that's all there is, and that's as far as it goes, your home is still hell. You're not just to be challenged, you're to be changed by the power of the gospel. This message is not meant to just challenge, but the hope is that you'll be changed by the power of God's word. I don't do the saving. Caleb Gordon cannot save you, but I can tell you who will and can. It's Jesus Christ through the power of his word. We heard Brother Jim here say it this morning. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Amen? That's, that's, what we, that's where faith comes from. Your faith comes from this text being exposited out, exposed to your hearts. This is what happens. You get involved in this and you see this and you hear this and it changes you from the inside out. Your heart transforms, so therefore your life transforms. And if your heart's not transformed and you're trying to transform your life outside of that, you're going to be sadly mistaken. It'll never happen. It'll be exhausting. So if you're simply challenged by this morning's message and you walk out of here, man, that was, yeah, I'm challenging. I'm not a motivational speaker. It's not. I might motivate you in some way, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm pleading with you through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are just affiliated with Christ, you need to repent of your sins and you need to find him to be sufficient and be activated for the cause of Christ. Amen? Like that's what we need. My hope is that God, God's word changes you. My hope is that God's word shifts your heart and your mind towards him and that your affections would be stirred for him and that you would repent of your sins and if you're here today and you say man I, and like i said you know if you're making nice with sin you know if you're playing around with it you know you're not stupid you know if you're playing with it and if you're playing with it i'm making a challenge here's your here's the challenge you're like oh that's challenging here's your challenge repent and ask jesus to forgive you Guess what? He promises he'll do. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, then he is faithful. Isn't it beautiful that God is faithful? God is so much more faithful than I am. But if I confess my sins, if I repent of my sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus' blood can cover your sin. But here's what has to happen. You have to repent of your sin. You have to ask Christ to forgive you. And when you do that, that is when the transformation and the shift happens. Amen? Amen? So I'm going to pray and I'm going to... We've got dinner and lunch this afternoon. So I'd love for you guys to stick around and hang with us and and eat some lunch with us. But I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you have been faithful to love us and to pursue us even when we weren't pursuing you. God, I ask if there's there's one here that needs to repent, Father, that they would. They hear this message and they say, God, I need you. I need you. I need you. And they ask you for forgiveness and they repent of their sins, Father. I pray that there would be one that would do that. God, help us. We need you. We need you so much. And as we are 
preparing for our food, Father. I pray that you'll bless that to our bodies. We love you. In Christ's name, amen.